0: Hi, everybody. This is Alex Moe here for Wisp Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jenny Lee, an associate with Venture Investors Health Fund. Jenny, thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Certainly. So first off, hoping you can provide a little background on Venture Investors Health Fund for our listeners who might not be familiar.
1: Yeah, so we are actually uh, one of the state's oldest funds. We were established in, in the mid 80s. Um, We started out in in tech, uh, but in recent years, we've focused in healthcare. And so what that means is, you know, think medical devices, pharma, digital health, and diagnostics. Um, We are primarily involved in companies that are spinning out of universities. About two-thirds of our portfolio are are spinning out of universities and primarily based in the Midwest, um, and a lot of those naturally uh, based out of UW-Madison.
0: Great. And you mentioned some of the areas within the broad field of health. What, what stage of companies does the fund usually invest in?
1: Yeah. So we, we really like the early stage companies. So, um, you know, we like to meet the entrepreneurs as early as possible. So, even if it's still an idea in a research lab. So, um, when you come pitch, are fun for, for money, you know, we're not going to write a check that first moment that we talk to you. It's not like Shark Tank. So um, we really want to develop that relationship early and try to get to know the entrepreneur and the researcher really well. Um, our checks range from 250000 to $2.5 million. Um, so, you know, a pretty, pretty wide range. But we really like to play in that early stage area where uh, the, the company is still at that inception stage.
0: Great. So it really is kind of a lot of companies that are coming right out of the university ready to uh, sort of hit the ground running there.
1: Uh, yeah. So our, our firm has really great relationships with uh, obviously Wharf being in our backyard, um, Michigan, and, and some of the other major institutions in the Midwest. And through those relationships, you know, we're you know, hopefully getting the scoop on some interesting research going on in, in those hallways and getting those introductions to the, uh, the, the professors wanting to commercialize the technology. And, you know, this, this industry is really reliant on relationship building. So um, it's, it's often that we're finding our leads into to deals through people that we know.
0: Excellent. Well, there's certainly no lack of great ideas coming out of the universities here in the state. I understand that you joined the fund in January after previously working as managing director for generator Madison. Can you talk a bit about what made you decide to make that change?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So, um, like I'll kind of start um, a little bit earlier than the generator. I came from a science translating background. So I worked in policy, I worked in ag conservation and I really liked uh, being able to get to know the scientists and being able to translate all of the really cool things that they were doing to a very basic level that everybody can understand. And when I went to business school, um, a colleague of mine, she worked for a generator LP and she said, hey, you might be a really good fit for this job. And so when I started as the G-Beta Madison director, I I got my first exposure to entrepreneurship, startups, and working with a lot of really, really smart people who love to talk about their technology, uh, but needed that coaching on the business development side and trying to explain the value proposition. And so after running, like I think, seven accelerator programs at Generator, Um, You know, I had an amazing time there. I learned so much. I'm incredibly grateful for that experience. But, you know, I kind of felt like I was ready to get involved on the investment side, because when you're working at an accelerator, whether that's through G-Beta or the generator flagship accelerator, you're you're hanging out and, and doing deep dive on those with those teams for a very short amount of time. And you usually have like one or two uh, outcomes that you wanna achieve by the end of the program. But then after that, it's like, you know, sort of sign RSE. I'm gonna help you where I can um, and support you along your journey. But I was really looking for that, that deeper relationship with the companies and getting to spend time with them from like start to hopefully finish in, in a really good finish. And uh, I was really inst- am really interested more on the financing side of things. So naturally trying to find a VC role was of interest to me. And when the role at VI opened up in Madison, um, it was like the planets had to align perfectly. I mean, there are not many VC roles, associate roles that open up period, let alone in Madison, Wisconsin. So when I saw that opportunity and the fact that it was life sciences and, you know, I, I have a biology background, it was, you know, I had to take my chance at, at applying for it and and I got it. And, and thankfully it's been really great so far.
0: Oh, that's great to hear. Well, congratulations.
1: Thank you. And,
0: uh, so with your role with the, the fund now, you mentioned, you know, kind of developing those longer term working relationships with these, these companies, startups, entrepreneurs. What are you kind of hoping to accomplish in the fund with, with that in mind? Will you be doing kind of more mentoring and, and advising for uh, for some of these companies?
1: Um, I, I hope to get to that stage. I mean, c- candidly, I, I came from more of the traditional tech side, and so I am currently learning what it is takes to run a company in the life sciences space, because, you know, if you are a diagnostic or med device company, that is a, that is a very different trajectory than say, if you are selling a consumer product good or an, an app to, you know, get you ahead in line at at a bar. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm learning the mechanics of, of the med tech healthcare companies, but I, I have the privilege and um, the exciting opportunity to do deep dives and diligence into these companies as we're assessing them. So any sort of assumption that uh, I am making about the company or any assumption that the company is telling me that they accept as, as ground truth for them, you know, my job is to go out and talk to really smart people in, in the real world, potential customers to validate if those assumptions are true. And, you know, the idea is that along the way I'm going to accumulate this knowledge so that I can be a mentor and, you know potentially sit on board of, of one of these companies someday. So, you know, I came into this role wanting to learn and uh, thankfully the other partners at, at VI are, are willing to teach me and give me access to their network so that I can, I can grow into becoming a great investor.
0: Terrific. That sounds like a really awesome opportunity. And in the field of health innovation, which obviously is so broad and constantly changing, you you mentioned you're going to, you know, there's a lot to learn there for, for probably everybody who's, who's involved at all in all aspects. What, with that in mind and kind of with a forward looking perspective, what trends or developments are you maybe keeping an eye on? What should our listeners be paying attention to in the healthcare startup space?
1: Yeah, I mean there's there's so much going on just given um what what we've been through for the last yeah. two years. and uh you know some of the the companies that I've been looking at lately are are in the, the digital health space. So everything is going digital and I think before COVID the idea of telemedicine was was very unusual. It, that was not like your first thing that you did whenever you were sick or you needed to see a doctor. Um, so you'd have to go to the doctor's office. And I think what COVID showed us and forced us to see is that um, you know d- digital first might actually be a, a good path to receiving care. So um, I think that you're going to see a lot of uh, transitions from being in-person to doing that that telemedicine and hopefully creating better health outcomes as a result. And on that note, um, you know, digital health companies that are focusing say on like chronic, uh, c- chronic care. So patients who are suffering from chronic diseases, you know, seeing just your primary care physician to manage that disease isn't necessarily the the right path. You're probably going to see maybe a gastroenterologist, a gynecologist, an endocrinologist, and, and, you know, how can you create a better patient experience and create great outcomes while being efficient doing so and and creating a good um, experience for the patient? And I think that what we're seeing is that there are a lot of companies out there who are developing um, chronic care pathways um, and tools so that patients can manage their their complex uh, care routine in one place. And um, I think a lot of these companies that are getting funded, we're hopefully going to see some some clinical outcomes to show that uh, that using uh, digital health is going to be you know, hopefully more effective than, than going to a doctor when you know easily you can just hop on zoom or, your phone app and maybe get the same or better care. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I'll certainly be keeping an eye on those trends going forward. Really great to have your perspective on these important questions. And Jenny, I want to say thanks so much you know, for coming on the show, for sharing your thoughts here, and best of luck with uh, your continuing work with Venture Investors Health Fund.
1: Thanks so much for having me. This, this has been fun.
0: You've been listening to Wisp Business, the podcast. Now, stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of Wisp Politics and Wisp Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.